Welcome to In Early, the crypto podcast, where I speak to those at the forefront of the digital asset space, telling real-life stories, discussing the growth and growing pains of the industry, and exploring how blockchain technology has made an impact on people's lives. My name is Matt Green, and I'm the blockchain litigation lead at Shoesmiths. This week, I speak to Corby Hare, the founder of House of Block, a boutique event agency designed to cater for Web3, blockchain, and crypto. A veteran event organizer, we speak about Corby's journey in the space, some of the events she's worked on, including the recent digital asset and Web3 garden party at Hurlingham, and how to engage sponsors and delegates in the blockchain space. Corby, welcome. Hi, Matt. Good to see you. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, really well, thanks. Thanks for coming down. Gosh, I'm very busy, but it's great to be here. Well, I mean, we've known each other for a few years now. We've hosted a joint Christmas event, House of Block, with uh, Corporate Comics. Definitely shout out to uh, Ali Datu. And my feeling is House of Block was set up to organize genuine networking events to provide real value to enable people to collaborate, find funds and projects to invest in, and generally meet decent, like-minded people in the space. Is that how you would describe House of Block in a nutshell? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just trying to think of when I first set it up on a an A3 sheet of blotting paper. Yeah. And uh, I think the date's still on there, sort of February 2019. And I had all these wonderful ideas. I sort of put it in the middle as, as a mind map and I had podcasts, you know, like we're here today, conferences, cocktail parties, soirees, supper clubs, you know, all this information. Hey. Then obviously as you move through the the sort of the business uh, curve and life matters like the lockdown, mm-hmm. that sort of changed my vision of what I was doing. So the live events, everything just went on hold um, and I sort of revisited it when we came out of lockdown. So yes, but it, and essentially that's what it is. It's a networking events business. Would it have started earlier then had lockdown not have happened? Definitely. Definitely. It would have launched it in 2019. 2019. Yeah. Well, how did we get there? Because 2019 sort of seems like a while ago, but it's not like, I don't know. If it... Yeah. It doesn't seem that long ago now. I mean, we talk about the lockdown like it's the past tense. So I've been a, a, in events, gosh, since I left university, so pretty much 25 years. I shouldn't say that on camera, really. That's given away my age. Um, but I've been in events all that time, and I've worked across a multitude of different categories. Yeah. Um, business to business, business to consumer. Um, and I I was in the tech sector for about 10 years, working on Cisco Live. I also worked for Symantec, which is the Norton antivirus. And um, I just got to dragged into this world of tech, emerging tech. And I just found all the people I met were quite effervescent, you know, cutting edge. And that that's how I got into the, the tech space. Well, let's let's sort of draw back a little bit and consider your, your personal journey, right? Because your background prior to FinTech, blockchain, Web3, however you want to sort of describe it. Um, I understand that you worked in the BBC in the 90s, um, helping what I think is probably fair to say some household names, Top Gear Live, the classic sports car live. Yes. Uh, Gardeners World Live, obviously a lot of live stuff. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that period of your life and the skills you learned there. Sure. I was quite young. I was sort of like early 20s, pretty much out of university. I did a year or two in a publishing house and I went into uh, trade events and then consumer events. Um, they were actually the best years of my life looking back. Yeah. Made some great friends. They were, they were really high energy projects. Um, and I rose from sort of sales commercial manager right the way up through to event director, managing quite large teams. Looking back, I don't know how I did it <laughs> because now I manage a much smaller team, which is at my what I prefer now. Um, but uh, they were live events. So they were essentially a, um, a carbon copy of what we were doing on screen, 
at a venue. So things like NEC was used for Gardeners World Live. And I worked for a, my managing director at the time as sort of Peter Osborne, and he was a fantastic maverick, really great coach. Uh, he was the kind of boss that banged the table, but, you know, he got results. And uh, we worked in unison and we all had this one vision, one goal, and we used to achieve it in an amazing short amount of time, I have to say. So, yeah, they were good fun events. And I think my favourite was actually BBC Good Home Show, which was the interior show where I worked with the whole cast of the of the TV, like oh, Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. All the characters. Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen, the very flamboyant, yeah, yeah. who I call LLB, um, and uh, Handy Andy and Linda Barker were the yeah. main names at the time. And they were just a good... Uh, a, a good sort of creative cra- crowd who helped develop the show as we were building. So I, I, I suppose looking back, my skill set was always working with clients to get the best out of the event. Mm. And that's what we achieved. So you're always, you've always to some extent been involved in events and obviously we've done stuff together and it all starts from that, I guess. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, and then you moved to partnerships. You mentioned Cisco. Um, at one point you worked for the Sunday Times newspaper. Um, how did sort of all of that translate into where we are now, which is blockchain web three? I think all of those environments give you a sort of um, strong work ethic, very professional work ethic as well. Yeah. Um, working for organizations like that, brands like that, where integrity is paramount um, and working in trusted relationships with trusted clients. And I suppose that's really what's sort of brought me now into this space as well. Uh, the blockchain move is quite a funny one, actually, quite an interesting one. I was working on Internet of Things space for a couple of years. And, you know, technologists are always looking at the next tech, like we are now with AI and what have you, mm. uh, frontier technology. And we were talking a lot about IoT and blockchain intersection and AI intersection and mm. all these all these words were being banded around. And I flew out to Malta uh, to do a recce on the AIBC uh, Malta show. What's the ARBC Malta uh, show, just for those who don't artificial know? Artificial Intelligence and Blockchain um, okay. I- event uh, organised by Sigma by a very charismatic chap called uh, Iman Poulis. Okay. Um, so I went along to have a look at the event to sort of do a report back for the for the UK office I was working for because they had the whole model wrong. And uh, I came back, I did a report and uh, I said, look, you know, you can't put a blockchain event in a huge exhibition centre like Excel. Because it's such a nascent industry, right? It was like 2017, 2018, uh, 2017, 2018. Mm. People want conversations. They want connections. And I think we've, you've got the model wrong. Anyway, that didn't go down too well. <laughs> yeah, it was a good way to make friends, right? Um, Tell them what they're doing wrong. But, I, but the thing was, you know, I was still with the company, but I was so passionate about blockchain uh, and where it was going and blockchain for good. And mm. that's kind of links up with the sort of transparency and integrity comment earlier about working with known brands like Reed, Exhibitions and BBC. Mm. Um, and that's how I got into it. So I sort of started at the enterprise angle, looking at supply chains, tracking and tracing product, seeing the similarities and how that linked in with IoT, uh, the Internet of Things technology. And I could see how the two were coming together. And I just remember thinking, God, this is an absolute game changer. And in the event space, there's not much going on. And <laughs> Well, you're organising, yeah. I suppose, events, but it's it's about different things each time. But again, again I suppose it's sort of, yeah, it's just organising events. So it, it doesn't change day to day. Did you find that things change quite significantly? Very you... quickly, very quickly. And also I found the people that I met were so dynamic. Uh, and I just love the energy of the... Right, so it's more about the kind of people. Yes, uh, of the community. So I love the energy of the, the, the blockchain community, whether that was on the crypto side, 
And at the time, I think we were coming out of crypto winter when there were mm. quite a few scams. Mm. So everyone was really sort of trying to meet face to face and get to know one another. Do you find that this industry has a certain type of person or do you think that type of person has changed back since 2017 to now? Um, I, I think the pers- profile of the person keeps changing, actually. Uh, and in fact, now that we're in the sort of Web3 era, what yeah. we're calling, I find us a lot more inclusive. Um, you know, I come from the shark's den, you know, the media industry. We're pretty, cut- <laughs> we're pretty cutthroat. You know, you've got an event, you've got a competitor doing the same. Yeah. You've got to get that sponsor. You've got to get that media partnership ahead of them. Yeah. Whereas what I find with blockchain, because it is a new industry, people are quite keen to work together and it's, it's a bit like lego pieces they're sort of putting their structures together which i find fantastic yeah there's a lot of that in my view i mean there's lots of lawyers who work in this space and actually instead of sort of going what's our competitor doing and how do we better them it's like well maybe we can learn from each other absolutely and there's a lot more collaboration than i think people are used to yes absolutely i to- totally agree i think even with the event organizers there's a lot more collaboration you know uh for example you know house of block i am a net, uh, you know, I hold networking events, but clearly my pedigree is large trade events mm. and conferences. Um, so I'm putting that skill to use as well in helping other event organisers with their schedules. Um, so. Well, that that's ex- exactly my next question. I mean, House of Block, to my mind, is a, to some extent, is an agency specialising in Web three crypto blockchain events, right? Yeah. And you've organised, or at least helped to organise, um, some of the major crypto events the last few years. Um, you organised Crypto AM. As the uh, summit director, you were involved in the Blockchain Expo. Can you tell me a little bit about some of these events, what you've found fun? Sure. Well, I think it started when I did the Blockchain Technology World Strategy Paper. That's when I really got under the hood of what blockchain was about. What does that mean? The paper? Pa- the paper. I wrote a paper for the... Uh, <laughs> wrote a paper. Wrote a paper. Right. Um, for uh, the company that I was working for at the time, and they were a media company just examining the marketplace and saying, you know, this is a competitive landscape globally. Malta, the US, um, that gave me quite a good understanding as to what was under the hood, who the main people were, who the main players were, the protocols, the language, and there's a hell of a lot to learn on the language. Yeah. You know, I spent hours uh, falling asleep to podcasts. And in fact, I've made friends through it as well, you know. Do you think people will be falling asleep to this one? No, I hope not. So, Johnny <laughs> Fry, I remember the first time about yeah. five years ago, four years ago, maybe even seven years ago. Um, I was at the ironing board, very, mm-hmm. very, you know. Good domestic. time to listen to, to. And I had a podcast on and I heard Johnny Fry. And I thought, oh my God, I've met that name. I'm sure I've met him at a conference. And I nearly burnt the shirt, which was quite a laugh. Um, so I think, you know, being plugged in to some of these people is fantastic. Yeah, well, I, I've, I've reached out to Johnny. I think we were supposed to record a little while ago. We've rearranged but He's going to be a great person to speak yeah, to because fantastic. he's been doing this for a He has. Him, James Bay Water, you know, these are all what I'd call, you know, sort of godfathers of the industry. They've been around a while. They saw it first. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's good to have them in your network. And speaking of James, what was what was being the summit director at Crypto AM like? Oh, what was that involved? It was fun. It was fun. I, I came on actually on board to do the whole project. But as time moved on quite quickly, we gathered so much moss. We sort of grew the speakers from 40 to about 120. There was I, a lot. There was a lot of speakers. Um, we re- I really just focused in the end on the content uh, of the conference. Um because I'm a little bit of a current affairs nerd, I kind of like that side of the job mm-hmm. and less of the running around, which I tend to do less of now. I have I have people in my ecosystem and, and some staff that do that for me. Um, so I'm more interested in, you know, the conversation. 
It was interesting with that event because there was a lot of people doing talking and listening, but then the real the real meat of it, to my mind, was the black tie event at the end. That Absolutely. was great. And there was an award ceremony. I wonder whether sort of doing awards like that uh, validates people's efforts throughout the year and is is part of a draw. Yeah, absolutely huge. And, you know, a lot of recognition to a lot of good names. Um, and James does that each year. Um, and I think also, you know, for, for, for me trying to find a foothold in the market, the last thing I wanted to do was launch yet another conference. So many conferences are the same. Oh, I was talking about it with some colleagues today and it's just a matter of, you know, you have a crypto conference. What is it? It's people sort of talking, well, speculating about what might be and then everybody leaves and just congratulates themselves. Like, we've got to find a way to add value via conference. Exactly. And I mean, there's a crypto event or a blockchain event or a Web3, however you want to use the term, pretty much every day of the week mm. uh, globally around the world. So for me, it was, you know, how can I do something different? And actually looking at my skill set as well, not just repeating what I've done for 25 years for mm. large organizers um, and, you know, sort of conference producers, but actually looking at, what value could I bring that would be quite quick? Um, so I have a community. I have a House of Block community, which I launched two years ago uh, when we were all trying to understand what an NFT does. Um, and each week as a new acronym comes on, you know, we throw it in the group and, uh, you know, a lot of people discuss that. And um, consulting with the group since January, actually, of this year, what can I do? And, you know, I've been right round the block. I've, done, I've looked at supper club venues. I've looked at you know, shishi venues like Soho House and how about doing this, how about doing that? And in the end, um, I was having a, a coffee at the Hurlingham with a friend of mine and um, I thought, crikey, I haven't been here since my classic and sports car days. And it's just one of these palatial outdoor venues that just completely ground you. Mm. Um, and so I thought, that's it. And that was why I put my stake in the ground with the Hurlingham event mm. in June the 23rd. Because um, I thought if I can just get all the people like we're here in the city, mm-hmm. out of the city, down to the suburbs, southwest London, um, just to sort of, you know, meander, talk and really keep that conversation going. Yeah, well, I, I, I know that it's a lot of people who are in your your black book of contacts, yeah. right? And that's that's the value add. It's it's knowing the right. Yeah, and, and they're not all in my network community. I have a lot on LinkedIn. I mean, having worked in tech across AI... IoT and now blockchain, which is moving into Web3, Metaverse, mm-hmm. everything else. There's quite a large group of people. I think we're always two connections removed or something. What, in the world? Yeah. Yeah, six or something. Six back. in the world, six degrees globally, but two connections removed from... Sounds about right. Yeah, I know, it does sound about right. So in your view, uh, what kind of people um, are blockchain and Web3 people? Or can, to, I suppose to rephrase that, um, what traits do participants in this space have? Because I guess what you're doing is you're you're looking to try and draw these kinds of people in when you're doing these events, to host conversations, to create a feel. What are those traits? I would say as an industry, we're quite maverick, um, quite entrepreneurial, because obviously it's new tech, a lot of startup culture, a lot of new businesses coming to the table. I think we've got some real good leaders in the space as well, some real captains of industry, some good industry leaders. Um, who are actually pulling up the younger guys and mm. the younger girls, and and you know, and I think that's fantastic. Um, say that's the most that that's the biggest trait, and 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 they're they're community builders, you know. Mm. They don't work in isolation. Um, and again, I like that aspect of this industry as well. Because when I was in this space a few years ago, it seemed as though there were a lot of like entrepreneurial guys and girls, right? 
and they were trying to find a way to make it big. And it seems as though the, those types of characters were doing a great job, but actually some of the projects weren't getting financing or they were falling away a little bit. And now because there, there are sort of bigger players involved, those sort of entrepreneurial folk and the more established guys sort of mingling and there's getting, I suppose, some more momentum. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, it is, it is the future of money. There's no getting away from that. And I think as the industry matures, we are, you know, globally, I mean, you know, Crypto, cryptocurrency is a global asset. Mm-hmm. It doesn't belong to any one country or any one person. And I think mm-hmm. the thing is, there's so many people that are fascinated and interested in this way of, you know, decentralized finance that it's just too big to to shut down. So, what challenges are there when you organise events like this? Maybe challenges that you don't find when you're back in the day when you're dealing with, you know, the yeah. car shows. I think, I think one of the challenges is actually when you look at the calendar events. And I have a huge one on my. Google spreadsheet at home is actually finding a gap where you're because really at the end of the day it's not only as courtesy to other event organizers which I would say most of them are my friends it's also courtesy to the delegate because there's only so many events you can go to so you're looking at the the right time and the right place Uh, so there's quite a lot that goes into the mix so for example with the with the Hurlingham event you know I when I looked at that venue I thought yeah 2024 um and I sort of walked away and they called me up two days later and they said, we've actually got a cancellation on the 23rd of June. Do you want to take it? And I thought, no, that's too close to quite a lot of activity happening in mm. June. Glastonbury, Ascot, yeah. uh, you know, James got his Crypto AM event. There's stuff going on in non-fungible conference in Lis- Lisbon. And I just thought, no. And then I thought, no, I have to do it. So I just jump on it. Yeah, just jump on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know. 150 odd people together in a room it's just building something and we'll see where it goes and what surprised you the most in a positive way when you do these sort of things how supportive the community can be and how they are looking for increasingly more opportunities where they can make those connections or take that engagement that they already have to a slightly deeper level mm. um and i think you know there's a there's a lot of kindred spirit and I love going to the events because there's always, you know, a handful of people that I know. And I think that does build up trust. We get to know one another's businesses a little bit more. Um, you know, I know you and I have done it. Oh, I know so-and-so. Let me intro you. And I think that's really a good spirit to have. There is definitely more collaboration than maybe um, anticipated at the start. I mean, there's always, to my mind, if someone wants to be introduced to someone, there's always someone. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, Carmel at, at yeah. Grant Thornton. I met her through you. Yeah. And um, when we worked together last Christmas, you know, she'd been a fa- fabulous advocate yeah, of um, the, the space that we're in. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's about finding the right people. How do you go around finding them? I mean, from, from my experience, like, again, years, I was trying to find a really good investigator to do a lot of the assistance with cases. And you just end up kissing quite a lot of frogs and they sort of let you down. And I'm in a much better position. Sure. For you, it's more of a people um, service, right? It's sure. about finding the right people. How do you find those right people? Well, I think now they tend to come to me, Okay, which is good. I wouldn't have said that six months ago. Um, I, I think I could say that hand on heart, certainly in the last couple of months. Um, and they come to me through the good connections that I already have, going back to that two removed. Um, I find people saying, hey, can I introduce so-and-so to the group? And I think that keeps the quality of the group high. Um, and actually, you know, if by some chance the link's been shared or it's got out in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. the group will certainly let you know whether that person's got the right persona, you know. So we're quite good at uh, 
sussing out sc- scammers as well. Not had many. I've had mm. uh, two people in my group which got sort of dissolved quite quickly. What happened? Uh, well, I got alerted by about six people in in my community saying this particular person is not credible. Really? And so for that reason, you might want to consider. And, and you know, I don't, you know, they're moderators really, then that's why you have them. Um, so we thought about it, had a discussion, and then they, you know, we actually just sort of take, took them off the group. Yeah. Um, and you have to be, you have to be aware of that in business. And I think more so in, in a new industry where it's growing quite quickly. And there are a lot of opportunists, you know, so you have to, you have to be a bit of a gatekeeper. Well, I think what's really difficult, I mean, again, as lawyers, we we have this. You put an event on, right? And then if you do it with, um, I don't know, some, let's just say an accountancy firm, for example. Mm. As lawyers, we'll, we, we'll want to invite loads of accountants and then the sponsor will blacklist them all. And then eventually you've sort of whittled down your guest list to people who, I suppose, um, you know, you may get 20% of the people you actually wanted. Yes, yes. You're not sort of conflicting your way out. Yeah. Is that something that you have to deal with? Well, I think eventually, I mean, I think you do in the early days, I think certainly at the beginning when I was new in the space, 2017, 2018, there was mm-hmm. a lot of people saying, hey, you know, I'm a blockchainer. Um, but I think if you've just got a, a team of credible people behind you, and I know some early to the table blockchainers, and they mm. almost become sort of moderators de facto, you know, so it yeah. kind of works. Yeah. And of course, then you have to, in many cases, get sponsorship, right? Because that's that's part of building these events. Yeah. What do you offer people in the world of blockchain? Like, what's What's the draw for them? Because it may be different to classic cars like what what is sure well i think you know and let's face it the mar- times in the market are hard i think mm-hmm. all marketing budgets have been squeezed across the board not just blockchain crypto web3 um and that because there are so many events that have been going for three or four years they have got a stronger voice at the table uh, and with hindsight i wish i had launched three years ago because i was quite quite within my rights to do it and yeah people were there and yeah, you know yeah. um but you know i'm here now so that's good um I think sponsorship's always tricky. The, it really is. You've got to find out what the what the sponsors' needs and requirements are. It goes back to good old classic. You know, what are the brand values of the potential sponsor you're talking to? What is the audience you're offering them? What sort of opportunities can you work on together to enhance their affiliation? You know, and every sponsor's got different requirements. I don't envy you, right? Because for law firms, they I say, oh yeah, well, you know, I've got an opportunity here, and someone just goes, and quite rightly, they go, what's the return on investment well, for us? Absolutely. And you go, well, I can't tell you that we're going to get X amount back. You know, this is a, a softer sell. Sure, and I think that's it because we are still a nascent industry. We are still a, such a small industry, even though we feel quite big because there's so many global events going on. Mm-hmm. Um, that the ROI is is hard to measure because it is relationship building. And it is the old adage, you know, people do buy people first. Yep. So it's making those connections. It's building those relationships. It's It's being seen at the right places. It's offering something of value. And the more connections that you make, the more conversations you have, the, the, the stronger your own business proposition. For sure. Because you can build your ecosystem with other partners, other supporters. Um, and, you know, then people like me come into the space because I kind of pull you all together and drive that forward and if people have had a rebrand then you know sponsor an event it's great if you're looking to speak to family office and you've got a certain element of family office coming to your event well then that's another reason um you know i'm i'm quite involved in the nft space so you know nft art and art auction so you work with one sponsor for example like white Knight, who are doing a nft art auction and then you kind of call in an ecosystem around that 
and that that then that art sector will grow and um through the next event it'll be bigger and better yeah i suppose you have to just keep building that goodwill and people get drawn to it right yeah, yeah. you know I, it must be very difficult to start an event from scratch because you've got to convince people to go sure but i guess next year word of mouth it was so good you've got to come to the next year yeah absolutely i mean you know last summer i did the event at the Qantas art gallery and that was really just dip my toe in the wall to see how big my community was and it was mm. great the support the people that turned out you know, we went to, um, and actually I found there a lot of the community lent and I did my first launch party at Black's mm-hmm. Soho and they'd just opened. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were very kind to say, look, we'll host you here. And now even that relationship with Black's has absolutely flourished, you know. Uh, each time I go in there, you know, everyone knows your name. It's a great community. So I'm, I'm glad to have been a part of that at the very beginning. And in terms of sort of looking around the world at events, what, who do you think is doing a good job? Events? What would you like to work on? Consensus USA in Texas. Um, no hesitation there. Absolutely. No, I know. And I, they've changed the dates next year, so I am definitely going to go. Okay. Um, that's one I'd really like. I really like the AIBC portfolio. Um, that one in Dubai I'd like to go to. Just go back. Why consensus so much? You had There was no hesitation whatsoever. Like, no, What is it that they're doing? There's a number of things. I've been to Austin a few times. Yeah. It's the heart of the tech community outside of Silicon Valley. You know, you've got Dell, you've got HP. Mm. Uh, you have these major. They do Southwest, uh, uh, the Southwest event as well. So it's got an incredibly large tech opportunity community. So that that's that's why it's no hesitation. It's the one that's the most talked about. It gets the main leaders there. Um, that that's probably. So it's about location and it's about who you can put on the bill. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about. It's about the line of who your speakers. Normally, that's what in you know that's what draws the audience. Mm. But I think as times has moved on, because we're an industry to industry event, it's not just the speakers; it's also who you're going to meet when you're there. So, if you know that friends are going, sure, most definitely. Because um, there, there's one that I'm looking to go to in in the Caribbean, and it's sort of like, well, I think it will be cool because obviously it's in the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, who am I going to meet? What am I going to, you know, we, you've got to weigh it all up. Sure. I guess it's really difficult if you're starting out yes. to be able to balance all of these things to draw people in. And sometimes, you know, it's good to go to new ground because you'll meet new faces, new communities, because there's so, so many people to be building relationships with. Um, you know, uh, I haven't actually personally been to consensus, which is why it's on my list. Yeah. Um, and I've been to a lot of, and I, you know, I'm heading out to Dubai, Jitex uh, possibly in October. Mm. Um, yep, yeah, so I'll do the rounds. I'll do a little bit more travelling next year. I've been. Do you think it's Do you think it's problematic then when you see conferences? And I know there was one. I think it was in Medellin last year. Because there's, oh, okay, Medellin's pretty accessible. But let's just say there was one in El Salvador. Yeah. Right. Yes. Do you think that would put people off, or do you think they go, well, actually, if this is a Bitcoin conference in El Salvador, then actually we're going to get some really interesting people. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think my my attraction with the US is different. You know, I just happen to love the states. Right. Um, but um, I, I think I think people will go wh- where you know where it resonates. So, yes, El Salvador. You know, if you're a real uh, hard Bitcoin, and then that's a the place to be. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, but I think, you know, new locations, you know, I wanted to do, do an event in Ibiza. Let's just, you know, hold that dream. Well, that might happen. Um, Big fan of that. Yeah. As, as we've spoken. Well, I'll, I'll come knocking on your door <laughs> when I launch it then. Yeah. Um, let's just talk about what connections you've made. You mentioned a few names, but I think yeah. it's worth just sort of going over. Um, sure. Who are the, some of the names that have helped you? What are some of the projects that have helped propel the industry a little bit? Let's take the first question first. 
any sort of shout outs to people who have really helped you along the way? Yeah, I think uh, definitely Gillian uh, G- Godsell. She uh, interviewed me in the lockdown from Block Leaders. She's a terrific lady, really, uh, um, you know, quite a, quite a maverick in her space as a writer. Um, what does she do, just just for people who don't know? Yeah, she's a, she's a writer, a journalist. She runs podcasts. She does a radio show as well. She's been in the blockchain space quite a long time. Um, so she's she's been a great sort of um, colleague to work with. Uh, James Bowalt, I met him many years ago yeah. uh, in Malta, of all places. And um, I sort of said to him, hey, you're the guy that does a column at, at Crypto AM, because then it was literally a column. So, you know, so he's been at the table a long time. So I've got a huge amount of respect for him. Look what that's turned into, you yeah. being the yeah. summer director, yeah. right? Yeah. So you know, that's his event. He's grown it. And his fifth fifth year this year. So I'm going to his event um, this summer. And uh, yeah, and just people that I've had the pleasure of working with when I've been a moderator mm. or a conference producer, people like Daniel Dahl Steinberg has been fantastically supportive. Johnny Fry, uh, a lot of these people I've sort of had on panels and debates um, because they're just, you know, they know the area, they know the market, they'll get the crowd going, they'll say something really thought-provoking. You know, Eric van der Kleef, these, some of these names have just been fantastic to know. So you're not surprised then when people like that are speaking at conferences and it has a draw because these people are around exactly. for you and you know them. Exactly. Um, let's, let's turn to our House of Block itself. Um, I know we spoke about it sort of at the start, yeah. but what was the mission when it started and how has that changed? Uh, when it started on my on my mind map, it was going to be a cocktail party kind of place. And I've done a few of those. Haven't done the podcast yet, but I might go on to Twitter spaces for that now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got time to try a few things really, haven't we? Um, I'd love to do more podcasts with you. I mean, today's really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and taking, you know, getting a fixture, just getting two good calendar dates where I think I'll do more side events with House of Block, my community. Yeah. So when there's an event on in Lisbon, if there's a crowd of us going, I'd really like to host a dinner in that city or New York for NFT New York or Consensus in Austin. I'd like to be doing more side events where we're taking our community globally. Mm. Is it about then, say for instance, yeah, if you went to Consensus, then you could say actually House of Block's hosting a dinner and here's, Absolutely here's right. 20 people, 50 people, whatever it is, and we're going to have Absolutely. a little side event. Absolutely right, yeah. yeah. And then you've got the WhatsApp group. Um, I don't know which came first, you'll tell me, but but tell us a little bit about the WhatsApp group. The WhatsApp group came literally by accident because I was chatting to a couple of my clients yeah. and I think it was sort of three days before Christmas and someone said, oh, you know, are you doing any drinks and whatever and, and want to know about NFT and I said, yeah. you posted something on LinkedIn and I said, look, four people have asked me the same question in, in as many days. Look, why don't I put you on a WhatsApp group? So I put them on a WhatsApp group. Yeah. Um and before I knew it, within a week, we had like 200 people. And then we had Christmas people. We had, well, I think it was 10 days, actually. Then by January, we'd gone up to like 289. And the numbers just kept going up and up and up. Yeah. And I've got it at about 400, which I think is a good number. Yeah. Um, That's global. So there's people in the US, Canada, Dubai, India. So what's it for? It's really, uh, I, I'm creating that group as a sort of a live event community. And so sometimes I have to say to people, you know, it's not just a billboard. Please don't just keep putting posts up. It's about information sharing. Mm-hmm. So there's been a good article, like today, you know, there's an article in the FT uh, about a US um, venture capital firm coming to the UK mm-hmm. uh, to support blockchain and crypto startups. Now that's newsworthy. So it's that sort of information exchange. 
Keeping people up to date. Yes, up to date, sharing articles, um, throwing in your opinion. Why not? You know, we all want to share that. Um, And hearing about other events that are taking place. And um... Because I I get invited to Telegram groups a lot and it's painful. And you just get bombarded with information. All of a sudden, someone's giving you a discount code to blockchain influencers conference in Dubai. And you're like, why am I here? How, How have you managed to avoid that to actually get a, a decent conversation going each time I, th- I think it is the people that are in the group yeah. um, and it's really down to them and how they how they manage it as well it almost manages it so, itself I remember the first time when I set it up and I was going on holiday and I said to um, uh, Sunil Chohan who actually designed my logo uh, at Evolve I said uh, Sunil can you be my moderator yeah. and then I said Jill can you be my moderator um, because I thought you know without me it was going to sort of crash and burn of course it doesn't yeah. you know it's a super uh, bunch of intelligent people in that group i'm very proud to have them in that group that sort of self-regulated so it's, so it's great i think the difference as well is you get out and about people can put a name to a face right so when i get invited to whatsapp groups or or telegram groups it's just however many number of people you have no idea who's in there yeah and i don't like that i people do that to me it drive me crazy Suddenly i'm in a group and there's like three thousand people i'm like whoa hang on a minute and i just leave uh, well, um, leave and block. Yeah. You don't want to be reinvited back in, yeah. right? You know, I, I'm. You know, I just launched recently this year a, a women that rock blockchain group, mm-hmm. and there's so many people that are saying to me, "Oh, make it like this, make it like that," and I've just kept it a limit of fifty at the moment because it's really important for those fifty uh, women to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, coincidentally, most of them are from the legal profession and accountancy profession. We're everywhere. Yeah, great. Uh, we need you. Uh, <laughs> we all need regulating. Um, so it's it's great that they're there because th- they can build that relationship. And I think as each quarter goes, I'll increase the size of it uh, with a view to potentially doing a, a, a women event one day. Because there are quite a few women in blockchain style groups, right? And there are really, really good ones. Yeah. How is yours different? Or maybe it's not. Maybe it's just... I think I don't know if it is. I think uh, with all these groups, there are so many. It's all about the chemistry in that group and people can choose to stay or leave and I think that's what's really lovely and yes there's loads of these groups and some people join them for FOMO I don't, I don't have that yeah you know I'll do it if there's value or if I like the people that are in that group um and I want to have further engagement or connection with them mm. uh, so I just think it's it, it's that and at one stage I'm sure in the future we'll all kind of come together or intersect a little bit more yeah i can't imagine there's going to be no collaboration i would love to do a you know um a women in digital assets event conference um so i'm you know i'm talking to a few people about that in partnerships that would be exciting for q3 so how do you want people to engage with house of block not only the events but also the whatsapp group and what's the long-term vision for it all I'd like I'd like more group feedback um i think that's always hard and i think the thing is because people are in so many groups Again, it's how they perceive it. It's just mm. another channel, right? Another radio frequency, tune in, tune in. Yeah, yeah. I get that. So I think w- what you do with all these groups is you you sort of build attraction and you b- build a core and then you sort of take that core ethos forward. Um, and actually the community will come to me and tell me what they want. And it's a bit like Hurlingham, you know. People said, look, don't do yet another conference. So, okay, light afternoon talk mm-hmm. as an icebreaker because, you know, we have all got so much to say and, you know, there's so much going on with the SEC in the USA and and, and yeah, AI and worthy. regulation. Yeah. So, you know, we all, when we meet for a drink, that's, we all want to talk about those kind of things. 
So they, they will be on the agenda, but then after that, it will be very much, you know, let's get to know each other a bit more. Yeah, it may well be that it, keeping it small and letting it grow organically is, yeah. is yeah. probably the best way forward because then you get all the right people. Exactly. In. And it's, it, it, yeah, it's, I'd like to be the radio station that sticks around, you know, mm. uh, when I was talking about different frequency. And I'd like it because it is small and intimate. And um, yeah, you know. Do you have to ask for feedback or do people give it to you? I've done a couple of polls in the group, which would be great. What were some of the polls? Yeah, I just sort of said, you know, what do you want to do? Summer clubs, uh, you know, supper clubs, yeah. meetups, uh, and you get different people saying different things. Do people normally respond or people? They do. Them? They respond, and I get a lot of DMs, which is always good. <laughs> I'm people, happy with those. People want to say stuff. They just yeah. want to say it openly. I don't mind. I think that's important to speak however you want to speak. Yeah. Uh, how is uh, speak and be heard? And how do you get people to not say? offensive or silly things because sometimes people do say silly things and you have to just sort of go actually that's not appropriate yeah sometimes you have to do that it's rare i haven't done that much i haven't seen it really at uh, all no and i think that just shows the quality of the audience there you go um and in terms of the long-term vision it's about longevity obviously sure but um i guess it's going to be more events development yeah event development and really you know doing things that are slightly different so with with hurling i sort of ripped up the conference rule book and said you know no i won't do back-to-back panels yeah, because you all know each other, and you all we all talk so much anyway. What you really want to do is relax. Yeah, uh, take a t- you know get away from the pressure of your desk and yeah. all the work that's going on, and endless emails and WhatsApp chats, and just just have some downtime. Um, but you're still networking, so there's value there. Absolutely right, well, Corby. Thank you very much for joining. Thank you, Matt. I really enjoyed talking to you Perfect. this afternoon. This podcast does not contain any financial or legal advice, and you should not seek to rely on it as such. Opinions are the individual's own. This podcast was produced and edited by Joe Hawkins and music by Luke Carey. Thank you for listening and see you next time.